Jeez. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. And you want some? Come get some. You've tuned in to Wrestling with Ruben. All right, guys, we're back with Wrestling with Ruben. And uh, very, very awesome, awesome uh, guest that we have right now. He's going to talk about some, some WWE, some Money in the Bank stuff, SmackDown. And then, of course, we're going to talk about his awesome show on YouTube, Wrestling with Regret. Please welcome the host and creator of Wrestling with Regret, Mr. Brian Zane. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ruben. I think it's very fitting that on Wrestling with Ruben, we have Wrestling with Regret. I think you should actually change the name of your show to Ruben with a W to beginning. Just you know, keep it a little bit with my show. You know, um, I was going to do that after I discovered your channel, but I'm like, eh, that's copyright. You know, that's not copyright infringement. That's gimmick infringement. You know, um, right. So I, I don't want to do that. But now that I have your blessing, maybe I will. <laughs> um, just for this episode, though, just because the tie-in. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. The one episode wrestling with Ruben with the W. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, well, you know, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations, man, because you, um, I started watching you maybe about a year, year ago, a year and a half ago, and. Um, at first, at first I'm like, eh, kind of cheesy, you know, um, you know, cause I, I saw some of the, the older stuff and then as, as you progress and, and I've, you know, dive deeper into what you've done, I'm like, holy crap, this guy is very smart and very funny. Um, so congratulations on, on just such a successful channel and, and doing really well, uh, and building yourself a nice, a really nice fan base. Uh, and, and I, I've seen, you know, the, the, I've seen the the YouTube channel. They get like a couple thousand views, and you know now you're getting you know quite a few. I think over twenty thousand views per video easily now. Um, so congratulations, man! I, I'm really I'm really proud of you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean I can't go back and watch my old stuff honestly because, like you said, it is pretty cheesy. It's like it's just a issue for me. It's like ah, oh, the production's not as good. My writing's not as tight. Uh, you know. I and my editing's not as tight either. I, I think I, over the last year and a half, especially, I think I've really improved my production. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. When the channel first was happening, I was I was considered fortunate if I got a thousand views in the first week. Now I can put out a video and it's I get that, you know, sometimes in the first hour, which is pretty cool. So um, it, it's definitely a big change from what it was when I first started this channel. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's just. It's night and day from like the first video that I saw from you um, from a couple of years ago to the stuff that you're putting out now, man. I, I'm honestly, I, you know, I, I do some TV stuff, I do some video stuff as well, and I'm just like, damn, this guy's got his shit together pretty quickly too. So uh, I, I'm very, very happy about that, you know, because now, you know, your your stuff was enjoyable before, but even now with the better audio quality and better video quality, it's like even more so enjoyable, you know. But yeah, and that, that, that and that's really I think the the secret one of the secrets to my success i think and that's the secret to success for anyone who wants to make it in youtube is really investing in yourself and yeah. investing in your product because you know anyone can put out a video on youtube with a cell phone camera or like a webcam with a decent onboard mic and you know make it passable but you know luckily for me i have a pretty big background in video production that's what i went to school for it's always been a passion of mine and so it's and it's also it was my day job for a long time you know editing video and stuff so i was always you know well versed in it and so once i started getting taking this channel more seriously i bought a better camera i bought a better microphone i bought better lights oh i bought lights period that's what i did and <laughs> so then um yeah, and from there, it's just, it, 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 you know, when you put money in yourself and you work to make your own product look good, you know, it will it will elevate your product. Because even if you have the best message in the world, if it looks like crap, then, you know, people won't really be interested in it, you know, uh, in long term. So I think, yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice I give to anyone in YouTube is like, oh, how do I, you know, make it big? You know, you just got to, you know, you, get, you have to, you know, you get it, you get out what you put in, basically. I, I think you should consult for Impact Wrestling. Um, <laughs> although they've they've improved, um, but awesome. Push the Reno, push the Reno scum. That's my my advice for Impact Wrestling. There you go. Um, now what what made you decide to start this YouTube channel? Because it, it seems you know the concept is actually a really good concept because it's it's going back and reviewing classic content and breaking it down and 
you know, making fun of it if it needs to be made fun of, praising it if it needs to be praised, uh, and bringing out sides of it that that I didn't even know about for some of the stuff. So, what made you made you want to jump into doing that on a YouTube and not maybe maybe not doing a podcast or something instead? Uh, well, honestly, I think the blog and podcast market, especially with wrestling, is really oversaturated. Uh, it was four years ago when I started doing this channel. And I, feel, I feel like it's even more so now. More podcasts now than blogs. Like back when I was in college and then like in the years after that, blogs were like a huge thing with wrestling. Um, but honestly, you know, my inspiration, and I say this all the time, my biggest inspiration has always been guys like Nostalgic Critic and angry video game nerd and caught in the shadows and people like that like the angry reviewer genre is some a big i'm a big fan of but you know five years ago i was looking around i realized there wasn't really anything like that for wrestling because you know there's guys who do movies and music and comic books and anime and video games and whatever but wrestling just was not a medium that was really talked about in that format so i thought well like i could try and do it you know because i i fancy myself a pretty good creative writer and i have experience in wrestling which i think gives me a different perspective and i have that video production experience so i kind of put that all together i, I kicked the idea around for about a year before i finally acted on it so yeah four years ago this month i started putting out videos and that's kind of how i did it. i just wanted like i felt there was just a need there, there was there was there was a niche that that could have been filled and you know clearly there is a market for it yeah and, and you're killing it so that's that's awesome um now when you started what was your your goal was it to be you know a funny channel or was it to be more of a serious channel or was it just to create great content well my my goal was to, you know to riff on bad wrestling stuff and that was kind of my as far as it was going to go for me, I was going to be the nostalgic critic of wrestling. That was kind of my, my goal. And, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, the channels evolved so much since then, but that was, you know, that's always been the goal is just try and be entertaining, be funny, you know, try and be informative and insightful, but also have jokes and funny visuals and characters to help illustrate it. And that's kind of, that's always been, my desire with this show was to make it like that. And like, since then I've gotten, like I said, I've gotten into the point where I can, I can praise things and I can analyze things more critically and stuff. Um, that's, that's just a natural evolution of the channel. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, let's talk some wrestling. How about that? Sounds good. Cool. So let's go back to, uh, Sunday. Cause I, I wanted to kind of cover things in chronological order the best we can here. Okay. Um, money in the bank. What did you, what did you rate money in the bank out of five stars? Oh, um, oh, I have to convert from letter grade to stars now. I think I, it got probably about three, three and a half stars by me. Um, I liked both of the Money in the Bank matches, and it took me a, it took me about you know twelve or eighteen hours to turn around the finish of the women's one because I was kind of fifty fifty at the time. I was like, well, you know, it's great heel heat, but uh, symbolism, and so. <laughs> Didn't want to get over it, but like, and I realized, you know, this was the right call, and um, and we'll talk about SmackDown a little later on and what they're what they're going to be doing. But I, I liked what they did with with the Money in the Bank. Both matches I thought, thought were great. I think that the right people won. Um, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton, I thought was a good match. I think a lot of my friends were like praising it as like a better match than I thought it was. I thought it was a fine match, but some people were, you know, were I think were giving it more praise than I thought it needed. Also the fact that finish was a carbon copy of backlash. So that was kind of, that kind of took it down a couple notches in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a good match. I just thought it was, you know, it was too similar to the ending and, you know, nothing really blew me away, but I mean, both guys are great workers. Uh, I gave it, I gave it a three star. Um, and I was going to give it a two star after the, the first one in the bank and then the tag team bout. And then I, I saw the finish for, uh, well, then I saw the Lana uh, Naomi match. And I'm like, okay, that was actually a decent match, and I was entertained the whole time. Surprisingly enough, uh, mm-hmm. and then I saw the men's Money in the Bank match that just kind of took it to the next level for me. So I was really impressed. For you, what was the best match of the night for you? Oh, easily it was Men's Money in the Bank. Um, I think that you know Naomi and Lana get some points for me because the fact they, that neither of them tripped over themselves or fell over or botched anything horribly—that's a—that's a win. Yeah. You know, because like, Naomi, I think she's got a great look, but she's not a ring general. And you put her in with Lana, who had like zero televised experience before this. And they put together a good match. And I'm sure whatever producer or agent, whatever you want to call it, that helped them with it. 
also deserves credit as well. It was, um, yeah, it was a better match than I thought it would be. But by far, yeah, best match was um, men's money in the bank. Women's was good too. I think that one surprised me as well because, you know, they could have taken it easy um, and, you know, play with kid gloves with the ladders, and they didn't. You know, yeah. they, every, every one of them used ladders as weapons and as props and as things to land on. So I think they deserve credit as well. And, you know, with the, with the do-over they're doing next week, I can only hope that they – even though I hate the fact that, that, these, that the workers are doing two ladder matches in two weeks. I think that's a bad idea long-term. I hope that, um, that they can also deliver with that as well. Yeah, you know, and and for for me, the women's men in the big ladder match, the only problem that I had with it outside of the finish itself was that the crowd was really into the match, you know, and they were they were killing it. Everybody was doing a great thing, you know, and I I just felt like the match was about five minutes just too short, you know, like I think they needed another five minutes to kind of get a couple more things in, do some more, you know, great spots, you know. Uh, Charlotte missed her little corkscrew thing, so there's a couple things that that, that kind of disappointed me on that. But but with the finish and then it ending, it being a shorter match, I just I felt like the energy was just sucked out of the arena so quickly. And I wrote that in my report over at multimediamouth.com that I just felt like the, that the energy was dead from the from the get go. So when the Usos and the New Day match came out, you know, a couple minutes later, and the crowd was starting to get back into it, and then they did another shitty finish you know, and suck the energy out again, I just felt like it did a disservice to the rest of the card, you know, by not yeah. allowing the energy I, to come back. I did feel that, like, when the finish to Money in the Bank happened, I, oh, like, oh, it's here already. Okay. It, it, it arrived at the station about five minutes early, like you said. So that was, yeah, that was kind of interesting. And then, yeah, I thought the Uso, the tag team title match was really entertaining right after the finish. And, like, I can get why they did it, but to, to butt it up right against a previous match with another shitty finish, like you said, that was uh, definitely that was that was uh, that was a rough patch of it. I think that the second half of the show helped save the pay per view for me. Yeah, but you know, the first couple matches with their finishes were you know disappointing at, at minimum, and um, you know yeah, but like, they recovered. I think. Yeah, and once they started recovering, the show kind of felt like a very jam packed, high energy show, and I didn't feel like I was sitting here for four hours, three hours doing a report i felt like i kept going oh my god i'm, I'm not i can't keep up with the you know with the, the action is so good you know kept falling behind on my report and stuff so that's a good thing for that on that level for sure now um the, the men's money in the bank ladder match um we had uh we had kevin owens shinsuke nakamura aj styles dolph ziggler baron corbin and Sami Zayn. um and is is it bad do you think it's bad that when I wrote my initial report as they're doing their entrances, I, I type out who was in the match and I couldn't remember who the sixth person was and it was Sami Zayn? Is that is that, is that a bad sign for Sami? Yeah, I mean, just kind of off the top of my head, I was having a hard time rounding up to six and I either kept forgetting Baron Corbin or Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think those two were definitely dark horses. Um, but I think it's just because to the to the credit of the other people involved, they're just, you know, bigger names, more recognizable names. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and it was interesting to see too, because, you know, it should have been it should have been a, a, a kind of foreshadowing there when Nakamura came out and Baron Corbin still hadn't been in the ring. You know, like somebody, you know, looking back on that, it should have been like, huh, what's Baron up to? Because he shouldn't be coming out last. Uh, right. You know, so so obviously they did that angle with with Nakamura. Now, did you? What did you think about the angle at first? And then how did you like the way that it played out towards the end with him coming out? you know, in the last 10 minutes of the match. I thought it was fine. I mean, it was a good way to protect Shinsuke. I don't know if he's like, I see, I've never, I don't know if Shinsuke's ever been in a ladder match before. So I don't know what, how he would handle it. Um, all I could say is if Robin Reigns did the same thing, then fans would have mm. shit all over it because it's like, Oh, it's, yeah, Roman sucks. So I think that it was, it was, um, yeah, I think it was, uh, a fine move. I mean, I don't like WWE's like current fetish for five man matches, five person yeah. matches. It just seems so weird now. And like it's just it's been an endless barrage for the last like four or five months of just nothing but multi man, yeah. But, well not only multi man, but five person multi man. Yeah. I don't know where they get this idea that five is better than six or four. It's like, oh we found the sweet spot. Um it's it's weird to me that they did that. And so um 
and that's essentially what they did with the money in the bank. The men's money in the bank was it was billed as six, and it was five for all but the last like five ten minutes of it. <laughs> Although um, the last ten minutes with, with Nakamura, I think were the the most exciting ten minutes of the entire match. It was it, exactly. It was very exciting when he cleans house and they have the stare down with AJ Styles. They both calmly put the ladder to the side, do their fighting. That was really cool, and I think that is it. It gives you like a tease of of what's yet to come and what could come in the future. Um, so yeah, I think it was good to save Nakamura for that. Yeah. So yeah, sure. in hindsight, I think everything worked out. Uh, I, it's not a reason to get mad at um, you know protecting Shinsuke in that in that sense. Baron Corbin winning the Money in the Bank cha- uh, championship, Money in the Bank uh, match. What do you what are, what are your thoughts on Baron? I let me just say this: I thought Baron Corbin when he won the Under the Battle, uh, Under the Giant Battle Royal back in 2016, 2015, yeah. whenever it was, I called in to to the, to the torch and I said Corbin looks like a million bucks. He's going to be a big thing. And then WWE kind of ruined him. <laughs> um, and then tonight or la- uh, on Sunday when he won the Money in the Bank, I'm like, okay, cool. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, when he won Money in the Bank, I was all for it. I think uh, worked fine for me. I think that he was, you know, he's obviously the one with the most upside. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of ways to describe it because you know everyone else, you know, it would have been fun if they won, but they didn't need it. Baron Corbin. I think is he's been kind of he's been on fire for the last few months. He's put in this position where he's kind of on the bubble. I think this is going to help elevate him to the next level. Um, yeah, I have no problem with it. I like Baron Corbin. And then last on Money in the Bank, Mike and Maria Canales debuting uh, in well, Maria returning, Mike Bennett uh, debuting in WWE. Uh, I I absolutely loved that segment uh, up until Maria started talking. Uh, <laughs> I thought uh, Maria's mic skills on this particular night weren't that great, and I haven't seen the SmackDown uh, segment yet, but I absolutely love the package, um, the two of them together. I love the heat that Mike Mike Bennett's going to get by taking Maria's name. Uh, I thought the music was top-notch, uh, probably, yeah. probably one of the best songs on the roster besides you know Shinsuke and Bobby Roode. Uh, what were your thoughts here on, on, on the, the return and debut? Yeah, no, I thought it was uh, great to see uh, Maria back. I'm not familiar enough with Mike Bennett's work to really um, know and to have an opinion on him. So, I, you know, jury's still out for me on Mike Bennett. But I think the gimmick uh, can have legs. And, um, yeah, it's really cool to see you see uh, this. Uh, again, like I said, I love the theme music. Uh, I want to see that on, you know, the next edition of Uncaged on Spotify. Yeah. I think it's yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. I think it's it should be interesting to see where the where the angle goes. Awesome. Now let's let's uh, shimmy over. Let's go straight to SmackDown just because we're kind of on the same same page here, and we'll go talk raw real quick at the end. Uh, the biggest thing off of off of SmackDown, of course, is Daniel Bryan uh, returning and announcing that Carmella is yes the first woman to win the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, but will also be the first woman to have to defend. And I think the first person ever that actually has to defend it in another ladder match. Um, what were your thoughts on how how WWE handled the um, the, the ending of the Money in the Bank and, and re rebooking the match for next Smack next Tuesday on SmackDown? You know, I've got a lot of fans who are telling me that oh, this is their plan all along to do you know two Money in the Bank ladder matches, and I don't know why because I think when you do that, you put them back to back so so close together, then you kind of dilute both of those things. Yeah. Um, I uh, so. You know, they really want to ram this whole history-making thing down everyone's throats, and I get that. But, yeah, I mean, I on, on as, uh, uh, you know, as someone who has uh, empathy for, for the wrestlers, I don't like the fact they're working two ladder matches in two weeks. I think that's excessive. Um, I get they're trying to pop a rating probably by having the Money in the Bank match again on SmackDown. I don't know how much of it was, like, the plan all along, how much of it was a like, reaction to – the blowback that the finish from a pay-per-view got. Um, I, maybe it's a combination of the two. Uh, either way, I don't like it because it undoes, you know, let's say for example, Carmella has this big promo at the top of SmackDown and it was really good. So it was kind of a coming out 
promo, like you know, it's the best. It's, it's the biggest promo she's had, the best promo she's had since the main roster. And I thought it was really awesome. It really established her character and her motivations. And then with them taking the, the briefcase away from her and her having essentially defend it in another match next week, kind of took the piss out of that. Mm-hmm. So I was I was not a fan of them doing it over. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, I mean, I'm sure the next match will be great. I'm sure it'll be fine. But I just you know wait a while don't don't rush to it like that yeah if anything you know announce the match for SummerSlam or something let it build up for you know a month and a half or you know whatever it is until SummerSlam. now you know on the on the pay-per-view um you know carmella had the chance to cash in then and there and then and deal with it uh do you think that that also weakens carmella as a character to, to not be smart enough to realize if i cash in now and win the title they're probably not going to strip me of the belt you know, what do you think? About yeah, that? I thought you know if she was if if they were gonna, I think a really clever way to go about you know the controversy would have been to have had Carmella cash in right away before they could make some kind of executive decision on it. Yeah, because then they really couldn't have done anything about it because you know can't you can't take the briefcase away from me if I don't have the briefcase anymore. So uh, you know. I, I, you know, there's, I'm sure there's, I'm, again, I'm kind of waiting out to see what the, how the process will go. Uh, I'm not going to condemn it fully just yet, but it's, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, there's definitely a lot of what ifs and a lot of different things they could have done. All right, cool. So, uh, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, the face of America, uh, open challenge attempt to cash in on AJ, AJ trying to go out and, uh, face Owens for the U.S. title end up being Chad Gable from American Alpha. What do you think about that whole segment, and what do you think about AJ Owens as a whole? I like AJ Owens. I, think that's a, I mean, the match at Backlash was really good. Yeah. Um, and I like to see. I want to see that rivalry continue. The whole segment was weird, though. I mean, the whole idea. It's like they. I don't know. It's not like they couldn't find a jobber in Dayton, Ohio. They couldn't find some local wrestler in that area to make the drive. Right. Um, and it was weird on a number of levels. The fact that like AJ was the first one to respond, sure. And then Chad Gable, well, American Alpha comes out and Jordan just bounces after the entrance. So Chad Gable shows up and is just there and says, oh, I'm from Dayton, Ohio now. And then AJ goes, checks out with me. Let's make the match. I don't know why he has the authority to make the match. I don't know how Gable got away with, you know, saying he's from Dayton. It was a really weird premise to set up this match. You could have had Kevin Owens and Chad Gable without this elaborate setup. I'm doing this open challenge for a local person, and then it never happens. That's a really, really weird setup for the match itself, which was fine. So I had no problem with the match itself, but it was a very bizarre roundabout way to get to Kevin Owens versus Chad Gable. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura has been on the main roster for a couple months now. Uh, a lot of people are complaining that they don't understand him. A lot of people are praising him still, no matter what he does. Uh, Wade Keller over at the Torch and a couple other analysts say that Shinsuke is being lazy. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Shinsuke's work prior to WWE, but he really hasn't set the world on fire in the WWE. You know, and NXT kind of just coasted. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nakamura? Well, you know, like you, I'm not. 100% versed in what Shinsuke has done before he got signed. I mean, I saw his match with AJ Styles at Wrestle Kingdom from uh, the year before. I thought it was amazing. And I also saw a match of his when he came to America to defend the, Intercont- the IWGP Intercontinental title for the first time in America uh, in, in in California. This happened, I want to say, in 2013, 2014. Um, and he was good there, but I mean, the uh, it was definitely great by California standards. Um, but I think there is a repu- I think there is a he does seem to have a reputation of well if he's not like in a big match situation he does get lazy and you know I am not my palate is not refined enough to really look at him and say when he's being lazy or not but you can tell when he brings it I think that yeah at NXT he was a big fish in a small pond and he was treated very well I think with him being on SmackDown they kind of ruined him. Uh, at the start, they did a good build of him where it's like, you know, it's, it's a while before you see his in-ring debut. His match with Dolph Ziggler at Backlash, I thought the time was good, but then the more I think about it, it hasn't really aged well. I thought the match they had become SmackDown was better. Um, yeah. I think what they the, the what they did that really screwed him over was, you know, he had his one singles match with Dolph Ziggler at Backlash, and they immediately throw him into this multi-man situation where he's lost in the shuffle for money in the bank. Um, 
I didn't, I, that, that, had to, that did not jive with me uh, when that happened. Because then you kind of like, you need time to, for the fans to really build up his mystique and his aura. And you can only run so many, you know, packages and stuff about him before people start to, you know, get antsy about it. And I think what their problem is they're making him talk too much. And it's really exposing the fact that he, you know, he can speak English, but there's still a very thick accent. They make him wear the mouth guard when he's talking, which isn't helping anyone. Hmm. Um, it's it's weird with Shinsuke. I mean, it is kind of thing. Like, why isn't he setting the world on fire like he did in New Japan? Like, I is he having a hard time matching the hype that came in with him? Um, I think it's just a matter of his environment and what they're putting him in with. I don't think it's Shinsuke's fault necessarily. I don't think he's being lazy per se, but I think it's it, it's a product of the environment he's put in where he's not being used to the best of his abilities. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. Maybe they should put Enzo Amore as his uh, as his manager. <laughs> as his, as his uh, interpreter? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, except that that'd probably end up turning him into a comedy act, which is not what he needs to be. Uh, that's actually a, a good transition point over to Raw. Uh, the big storyline out of Monday Night Raw uh, is uh, the Enzo Cass uh, storyline where everybody was shocked to find out that Big Cass attacked Enzo Amore. Uh, what, what, a swear. What, yeah. a, what a complete surprise. Yeah, you know, like nobody, nobody expected it to not be Cass. I mean, that first week, Cass essentially cut a promo on Angle that read, I did it. But you better find somebody else who did, or I'm going to beat you up. Is essentially the vibe I got from it. Um, was it what, what, what were your thoughts on on Monday Night's uh, uh, revelation? I mean, I, yeah, you're right. Everyone and their mom knew it was going to be big chaos. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's a matter of it's not so much the destination, it's the journey, yeah. and how they took us there was interesting. The fact that you know the revival was always in the background, uh, you know, but. They never actually were seen doing it. And the big show being considered a suspect, I never bought that. But the fact that he was included there was interesting. The fact that, like, Cass was getting beat up and then there was a chain uh, one week. Um, you know, there was a lot of different layers to this. And I think I think everyone kind of knew it was going to be Cass. But, like, how are they going to get to that point? How long are they going to drag this on? And and where does Corey Graves fit in all this? Just Corey, as I call him now. Um He's just the messenger. He's just, you know, he's hearing rumors, stirring the pot. Yeah. Um, it, so, yeah, I think the reveal was interesting. I'm curious, you know, why Corey Graves is being inserted into this, how he fits into the mystery, how he fits into the Kurt Angle thing uh, is another question I have for him. Um, it, it's He's kind of a wild card. But, yeah, I thought the breakup was fine. Um, I think – you know, they never won a title in NXT or in the main roster, but you can be over and not have the championships. I think history has proven that. Yeah. Um, the Rockers. It, what's, what's unfortunate now is that like, there's a complete lack of, you know, there's no, the, the balance of face and heel tag teams on raw is uh, there is no balance. It's overwhelmingly yeah. heel. Cause you've got the Hardys who are faces and who knows how long it's going to be before they break them up into singles guys again. Uh, you've got Heath Slater and Rhino, who have been kind of put on the back burner. Are they still a thing? They're still a thing. They beat The Miz last week. Um, and, the, you know, it seems like they're trying to push Titus O'Neil and Paul Cruz as faces, but no one's buying it yet because uh, uh, Paul's stock has fallen so fast, so far, and Titus, no one cares about Titus O'Neil. Um, <laughs> so... It's a really weird situation now where they love to break up tag teams and they broke up, you know, the last two teams they broke up were face tag teams. They broke up Golden Truth and they broke up, uh, you know, they broke up Enzo and Cass. And before that, they broke up Jericho and Owens. I'm saying Kevin Owens to correct my mistake I made who wore better this week where I said Jericho and Miz. I apologize to anyone who's listening to that. I meant, you know what I meant, Jericho and Owens. Um, you just made the list. I, I think it was, yeah, I did make the list, didn't I? It was. <laughs> It was a good segment to close the show, but I, I I'm really excited to see where both men end up. I think Cass has more upside, but I, I do want to see more of where Corey Grace fits into it and then how Enzo can bounce back. Now, now, if you were booking it, and, and let's give this like a quick answer, uh, what would you what would you say Corey Graves' role is with this whole thing? 
Who's your? I don't even know. That's it. I can't. I, I mean, I can't even. And this is funny because people always say, "Oh, you should write for WWE." I'd be a terrible writer, honestly, because like I don't have solutions. I just have criticism. <laughs> you know, I'm not like Adam Blompier who can you can you can book things for months out. I'm sure if I had time to sit down and like put pen to paper, I could. But like off the top of my head, I don't know where Corey Graves is involved with this, and I don't know how he is. I don't know how they're gonna wrap it up. I don't know why Corey Graves is getting the same text that Kurt Angle does. <laughs> uh, it's it's very <laughs> bizarre because because if, if the pan is not Corey Graves getting back into wrestling, then I don't know why he's there, why he's involved in this. Because the whole reason he's doing commentary is because he's got he's got his bell rung too many times, and so he had to retire. So unless you're coming back into a managerial role or you're wrestling again, I don't know why he's getting involved. It's very weird. My my guess is that he's going to be Kurt is going to eventually phase out of the GM role probably this summer and start focusing on training to wrestle again. Um, and I think he might be Stephanie's pick for the GM. That's my my uh, my my thought on it. it. It's not a great idea. I think Corey is good where he's at, um, and he he stumbles a lot when he when he's in a scripted environment. It seems like, um, but it was it was intriguing. It's definitely intriguing to see him. Uh, stir the pot for sure. Well, you see, I, I, I think Corey Graves is fine as a neutral commentator, but I think he lays it on a little too thick when he does heel stuff. I think yeah. you can find a balance, but he just like the way he you know carries the water. The way he did for Charlotte when she was on Raw, I thought that was a little too much. And the whole dynamic, I mean, he doesn't do it now because it's Booker T and not Otunga, but like or or, or uh, Byron Saxon. But man, like just the way he just you know laid into you know the third black man on commentary, whoever it was <laughs> at the time, it's just, I think it gets a little excessive, it's a little mean spirited. It's like, it takes away from the wrestling. Um, I, I just don't care for it. And, uh, you know, another theory I have for Corey is maybe he's just being kind of a, he's a mole. He's a toady for the authority. Like I said, Stephanie might be involved in the Kurt Angle mystery. Who knows? But yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now uh, I know we have to wrap it up here pretty soon, but I, I do want to talk to you real quick about Joe versus Lesnar. Uh, I think it's, I think it has the potential to be the storyline of the summer. Biggest thing to happen uh, since probably Lesnar Undertaker. Um, what are your thoughts on on Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar? I love the build that they're doing so far. I think that, like, like you said, it could be the best thing all summer, but it also could be terrible. Yeah, because like true. how many times how many times have we gone into Lesnar matches in the last couple of years thinking this could be really good? Like, wow, you know, uh, Lesnar and Dean Ambrose that could be fun. Ooh, Lesnar and Orton that should be a good match. Nope, these are <laughs> very bad matches. And they're so suplex heavy, and they kind of like there's no story to them. Um, and I love Brock Lesnar. I mean, I think his his initial run in his first couple of years in the company were some of the best I've seen from anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the way he's been protected and booked in these last couple of years, it just, there's a law of diminishing returns where it's like, wow, it was really exciting when he beat the undertaker and wow, the way he murdered John Cena sometime a couple of years ago was revolutionary almost. But okay. Like the more you do it, it's like, when are we going to see the turnaround? You know, we didn't get, we didn't get that at WrestleMania 31 with Roman Reigns. And now it's just, it's just there, you know. It's just he's just floating on the ether. Um, they, ne- they never they never finished the code basically, so now he's just kind of floating around. Uh, so yeah, I think Joe Lesnar could be a great match. The build I think is some of the best I've seen in a while for a for a main event match so far. But I, I'm tempering my reserve. I'm I'm reserved as far as the match itself goes. Do you give Joe the belt or do you keep it on Lesnar? I think it'd be a great shock. And a really cool moment if Joe did win, um, you know, I, I'm again, I'm kind of like hedging my bets and assuming Lesnar is going to retain somehow. I don't think the match is going to end clean, whatever happens, um, because it's clear they want to build Samoa Joe really well. So I wouldn't imagine he takes a clean loss to Lesnar. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's, it's kind of one of those, you know, the, uh, you know, a lot of different things could conceivably happen. Um I'm keeping my options open, so to speak, or I'm sure they are keeping their options open. So um, it'd be cool if he won. I don't think he will. Awesome, Brian. Well, that's all the time we have for you today, or well, you have for me today. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for, uh, for for coming on the program, man. Wrestling with regret on YouTube, youtube.com slash wrestling with regret. Go and subscribe to the channel. And if you want to help out Brian Zane, create some awesome content, uh, subscribe to his Patreon. What, what, what are your Patreon levels? 
Uh, we have actually we re- we surpassed 200 uh, backers this week, which awesome. is awesome. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash wrestling with regret. It's, uh, you know, I've got a lot of cool exclusive perks for people who are backers for as little as $1 a month. You get your name in the credits on my Thursday videos. And you also get my non big four pay-per-view uh, prediction videos. I, I, I reserve the big four predictions for the YouTube channel, but everything else gets on the Patreon channel. Uh, you know, and depending on how much money you put out, you can get like exclusive Q and a podcast. I guess you can call them. You get, uh, you know, if for $40 backers, you get the ex- super exclusive. She's a stunt granny t-shirts. Sold <laughs> nowhere else. Um, and there's a lot of other cool things. And you know, I'm doing classic pay-per-view reviews now and people can help submit what, what pay-per-views they want to see me review. Uh, if you're a Patreon backer, um, there's a lot of different cool things uh, depending on, you know, and, oh, if you're a $5 backer, you access to the Thursday videos two days in advance. Awesome. So, you know, you know, you can you, for for a little bit of money, you can get a lot out of it, and I'm very appreciative and thankful for the supporters on Patreon so far, and just people who support my YouTube channel in general. It's really awesome. But yeah, uh, there's the Patreon channel. My Twitter handle is at ZNamBrianZane. Uh, Facebook.com/slash Wrestling With Regret. Then there's of course the YouTube channel. Awesome, Brian. Again, thank you so much. Uh, please come back. Uh, we'd love to have you back on on the show to talk more wrestling with you. Um, and you do, so you do some independent stuff too, right? Yes. And that's something else I can plug. Uh, if anyone listening to this is in the Bay area, um, this July 7th, daily city, California, all pro wrestling is hosting the Bay area bash. The main event I believe is going to be, uh, Penta zero M I think is his name now against Cody Rhodes. That's going to be a barn burner and I'll be a part of that as well. Managing the classic connection. Um, to hopefully to some more victories and deep tease this, you know, earlier this year, APW ran a show in the cow palace that did extremely well. And so we're coming back to the cow palace, uh, Friday, November 10th. I awesome. believe it's special day, but they were coming back to the cow palace in daily city. Uh, so yeah, for those of you who are in the Bay area and want to see it, uh, yeah, go to check out all pro wrestling on Facebook and on Twitter for more information. Awesome. Brian, again, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate that. Stick around for my interview with Sanjay Dutt coming up here next. If you're looking for a career in the field of radio or television broadcasting, then listen up. It's Ruben Jay here, and I wanted to take a second to tell you about the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting. They are located in Huntington Beach, California, and give you hands-on training in the world of broadcasting. I went there and learned how to do everything from hosting my own radio show to creating my own commercials like the one you're listening to right now. You might be asking, what if I don't want to be on the radio? Well, they have a TV program as well that will teach you everything you need to know about camera angles, audio and video editing as well as some on-camera work. Remember, they give you hands-on experience. Go to arbradio.com or call 714-842-0100 right now to schedule an appointment. Financial aid is available for those who qualify and spots are extremely limited. What are you waiting for? Your dream can start right now if you call 714-842-0100 and make sure to tell them that Ruben J sent you. You're listening to Wrestling with Ruben, everybody. Uh, I'm very excited to welcome to the show um, somebody who did something really incredible last night on Impact Wrestling for the first time in his illustrious career in, 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 in wrestling. He captured the X Division Championship in his hometown uh, in India. Please welcome to the show Mr. Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Hey, again, congratulations on winning the title. Um, I'm sure... Uh, very emotional night for you, uh, winning the title in your hometown, dude. What's going through your mind now that you've you've captured the X Division Championship for the first time in your hometown as well? Wow, it, 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 I guess they always say you know it, keeping a title is harder than winning it, <laughs> but I guess winning it was the hardest thing for me. But I, I finally got it, and now I'm just kind of trying to focus on uh, you know trying to be the best X Division champion that that, uh, that the company has seen and. You know, try try to bring back the X Division to the spotlight that uh, it once was in. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I've you know a lot of TNA TNA Impact Wrestling fans have had you know an issue with is like, you know, when the the company first started, the X Division was was what brought people into you know into watching the the company and following it, and and it was you know a focal point and one of the cornerstones of the company. And the last couple of years, it seems like they you know maybe by accident, maybe by on purpose, they seem to switch by different you know different focuses. Um, you, you being one of you know the X Division's you know original stars, 
you know, what was your thoughts kind of watching the X Division kind of go from, you know, a key component of the company to being kind of the sideshow? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. It's like I, I can't uh, put myself in the shoes of uh, past regimes and what they thought was important or what they they felt, uh, you know, should have been pushed or, or presented, you know, in a, in a more positive light than something else. So, I mean, I can't really speak for the reasons behind it. But, you know, it, I guess it is kind of disheartening to see something that, uh, you know, in the past that, you know, made the company stand out and gave it, gave it a, a very distinct identity to, you know, fall into the wayside for other things and other uh, – aspects of the company that may have not have gotten the attention from the fans that uh, the X Division would have gotten. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, it, it's it's really always interesting to see how, you know, the different regimes and what they put their focus on, you know, and, and Impact has had, you know, a few different, you know, management changes over the years, and, and each one seems to come in with a different angle or a different thing that they want to, to focus on, and, and now it seems like with this current regime, it seems... Like things are going back to the stuff that made Impact, you know, really good and watchable and 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 you know unique, uh, which is Absolutely. which is exciting. It's really exciting. I think Impact's in really exciting times. Um, now I do I do want to know uh, what what brought you back to Impact Wrestling? You know, like because there was a while there where you weren't a part of the promotion. You know, was was it the, the regime or was it just you know did you see something in Impact that that wasn't there when you left or what no, was? Um, I I don't know. I you know I. I left, uh, and then I had some, I came, I would come back, and I'd leave, and I'd come back, and I'd leave, and, and so on and so forth, and, uh, you know, I think part of that was my own doing, where I really didn't want to uh, sign a contract, I didn't want to be locked into anything, and, you know, now this, this uh, current return, it just kind of, the, the pieces all kind of fell together, uh, it was, it was a lot of it was timing, a lot of it was, uh, you know, um, the new regime that to come in and uh, my closeness to, to that regime and, and then having a, a very similar uh, uh, vision for the company such as I do. So, uh, it, you know, life uh, life always kind of, you know, all the pieces kind of fall into place sometimes and, and timing is everything. And I guess this was the uh, perfect time. Yeah, no, and, and welcome back too. I mean, I, I always enjoyed your work and, and was always bummed when, you know, when, when they didn't, you know, there's a couple times where I'm like, yeah, give, give Sanjay the belt, give Sanjay the belt, give Sanjay, why, why didn't you do it? Right. You know, so I'm, I'm right. excited to see you and, and see you finally get a chance at, at the, uh, you know, at the top. So with with that being said, you know, you, you did capture the, the, the X Division Championship, you know, um, Loki was a great X Division Champion, I thought, too, and I thought you guys, uh, the two of you did a great job putting on a great match. Um, you know, I'm I'm assuming you guys are going to go for a couple more months, and give them at least another rematch. Um, who who do you have in mind as a good contender for after low key if you're you know able to successfully defend the title? I think uh, let's see. You know, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, early to say, but uh, you know, there's guys like Trevor Lee and mm. uh, DJ Z is going to be making a return uh, coming up pretty soon. Uh, Desmond Xavier, who just uh, came up on the scene. There's Andrew Everett still there, you know. So there's a there's a strong core of the X Division here, and it's just uh, seeing how things kind of play out in the weeks to come. Now, and and for you, do you do you have aspirations to also you know go for a shot at the world title, or are you at the point right now where you're like, I want to make the X Division really great, and then I'll focus on on the world championship some other time? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm real content right now in the X Division and and kind of getting it back to, uh, you know, prestige that it once had, you know, and I, and I still think it's there. It's just, uh, you know, that there's more, there's, there's new guys, there's more guys that I think are going to be coming in and uh, helping kind of reshape things, and uh, I, I'm really focused on the exhibition right now. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's good to have a champion who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the exhibition champion. I want to defend my title. I, I'm not focused on the next big thing. I'm focused on the right now and making this this important. Um now, what I, I I do want to know, like, um, did you have family at Impact when when you won the title, or or were you, you know, friends or family there? And, and what did they say when when you when you won the title? Yeah, I had a couple cousins there, and uh, you know, it, it, it's special because a, you know, I don't get to go to back home to India too often, and uh, second, when I do, it's it's always uh, uh, busy. It's in, it's out, it's working nonstop. But this time, you know, they got to come, they got to. Exactly what I do for the first time uh, live, and uh, you know, having 
you know, it, it always the question was, well, why didn't he win it before? And it's like, hey, you know, the story just told itself here, and all the pieces were put into place, and uh, it really made for a cool, uh, special moment. Very cool, very cool. So now, you know, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, WWE, all are like, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago saying, you know, the race for India is on. You know, WWE announced they're doing some stuff there. Ring of Honor recently announced they have a TV deal or or, or some sort of syndication deal going on in India. Impact obviously has a huge presence there with Sony 6. Um, You know, how do you feel like we're seeing all these promotions, you know, focusing on, on India, whether it be, you know, doing some really cool stuff like what Impact's doing and doing tapings there or, you know, having... Jinder Mahal over at WWE becoming champion just for, you know, the market value. Um, you know, does it, what's going, what do you, what do you think when you see all these companies fighting for the same marketplace? Well, I think, uh, it, it, it's smart on every company's behalf to kind of try to capitalize and take over a market such as India. Um, you know, it's, it's got over a billion people. It's got, uh, it's a culture. They love wrestling. They love sports. Uh, and they love entertainment. You know, Bollywood movies are the number one thing over there. And uh, you, you combine that with in-ring action, you know, it, it, it is on paper, you know, a perfect match. And I think, um, you know, the race is on for somebody to kind of totally step in there and, and, and take over the market. I think that, uh, you know, we, we, we were the first. And, and, you know, and that goes back to 2012 when, you know, we, we went over there and we created the Ring King show for the Indian market. We we did 26 episodes. We did uh, we did a full season there, and then uh, you know now we're doing this, so which is actually going to India and actually filming television. So um, it's huge, and, and, and I think we've got a, a leg up above everybody else right now. Absolutely, and and it's it's you know WWE doing what they're doing with Jinder Mahal. I'm like. You know, yeah, he he's been there for a while. He's done great stuff, but he shouldn't be given a championship just because you guys are wanting to to go into India. You know, if you guys want to go to India, take your product, do what Impact did, take your product there, film some shows, put it on TV there for them, and and let it kind of do itself, let it be itself, let it grow organically. Don't just do it, you know, because you know you have somebody who ha- is of Indian descent, you know, and and you know don't just push him for that reason. Um, but you know, it's really it's. I love seeing Impact, you know, going out and doing things outside of the United States and 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 grow and trying to do more than just, you know, quarterly TV tapings uh, in in Orlando. So I'm I'm excited for you guys. Um, the next couple months going to be huge for Impact. Slammiversary 15, 15th year anniversary of of Impact Wrestling. Um, what do you what do you hope uh, what do you hope people see with the 15th anniversary show um, and and what what can you tell people why they should tune in to Slammiversary? Well, I, I think that uh, a you know it's huge that it's the 15th anniversary. I think that uh, you know I was there for almost day one, and you know a lot of us didn't even think that we would last 15 months. Yeah. Or, you know, but and now it's 15 years later, and uh, you know I think that uh, the past two years maybe have been a little damaged. But I, I think that uh, with with this new change regime here and I think the show is evolving and, and I think people are kind of taking notice and saying okay you know what you know we I've got to, I've got to pay attention to what's going on over here and, and you know I think that part part of that is, is a very very big step of that is, is anniversary you're the big the, the big pay-per-view uh, the first big pay-per-view since the regime taken over so uh, you know everything kind of comes to comes to a culmination and uh, you know fireworks going to explode at this uh, right before Fourth, I think that uh, you know you got uh, Patron and Lashley in the main event, big unification match. A lot of stuff is coming to head. You know we got a uh, we got a uh, Full Metal Mayhem uh, intergender tag team match coming up. Uh, you know, and uh, there's still a couple weeks left on TV leading up to the anniversary. We're gonna uh, kind of tell, tell some more stories and finalize some more things. Awesome! I'm so excited. Um, you guys can watch anniversary on pay per view. Um, coming up in a couple weeks, it's July 2nd, correct? That is correct, July 2nd, Sunday night, live on pay-per-view. And if you guys are in Orlando, uh, there's also a, a fan event the, the night before. Uh, Don West is going to be there calling the show. It's going to be f- great nostalgia uh, and also a great day looking forward to the future. Uh, Sanjay, who do you have your opponent yet? Has that been announced yet? 
Uh, it, it, it has not been announced, but uh, keep tuning in every week. Uh, I think uh, everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. Awesome. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple names here real quickly. Uh, some of them are former X Division wrestlers. Some of them are, are you know, people who, who uh, are currently in TNA. And I want you to um, to tell me on a scale of like one through five, you know, how excited you would be to actually face them as champion. Okay. Yep. So number one, AJ Styles. Oh, five. And 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 what is this because he's he's the phenomenal one or you know because he's really had a great year and a half over in the WWE is, is there a specific reason why or just because you know you know AJ and you know it's gonna be a great match? Uh, I, I know AJ. You know we've been friends for so many years and we've only had one singles match a couple years ago. We tagged before and a lot of multi man stuff, but we we we've only had one singles match and uh, like I said, it was a couple years ago down in North Carolina. So to get in there, back in there with him would be an absolute. Christopher Daniels. Yeah, I, you know, I, even even him, it goes back to you know we had a lot of singles matches actually. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because the first one I, I was just looking online, somebody had a little uh, gif of it. But 2003, we, we we wrestled our first singles match, and uh, and now he's world champion. So uh, it kind of would be a, a totally different story uh, so many years later. And this person, I, I've always wanted to see this person in Impact Wrestling, uh, especially with the X Division, Mr. Rey Mysterio. Oh, it'd be great. Uh, I got to, I got to get in there with uh, Rey, uh, you know, one one time uh, last uh, about two years ago, and uh, absolute pleasure. Somebody that you know highly influenced not only me but you know every generation of high flyer uh, high flyers since then. So uh, it's a, it, it was an honor to get in there with him, and uh, definitely if we could do it one more time for the X Division title, thing. All right, last last one, Mr. Samoa Joe. Ah, uh, Joe, uh, be awesome. I mean, geez, it, 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 and it's crazy. All the names you say, it's like you know, there's there's history there, but you know, they, they've totally evolved and, and uh, you know have this uh, completely different uh, side to them now. And, and you know, we're 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 coming in on Joe and, and Brock Lesnar. So, man, I mean, just uh, who's your money on? That is, gosh, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess I'm biased towards Joe. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna be Joe. <laughs> when seeing him hold his own on Raw, man, I don't know if you saw that pull apart brawl that they were a part of, but it was great, it was awesome. It was amazing it was stuff. Awesome. All right, I have I have one last question for you here. It's non wrestling related, okay? Sure. Um, what's your go to Netflix show that you watch while you're on the road? Oh, let's see. Um, I just finished watching The Keepers. Okay. Uh, seven episode uh, documentary on a. On a on a murder mystery, and that was awesome. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to dive into next, but um, I, I do have Fargo, Far, the new season of Fargo on my DVR, which I, I do want to watch. There you go, there you go. Well, I appreciate your time, Sanjay. Again, you can catch Sanjay every Thursday night, Impact Wrestling on Pop here in the United States over Sony. Is it so, the, is a network called Sony 6 in India, or is that the company that, that owns it? Uh, it, it we, we air on Sony 6. Uh, that's the network down in India, and uh, they were our partners here in this uh, India endeavor that we just finished up. So, uh, shout out to Sony Six. Yeah, Sony Six. Thank you so much for bringing Impact Wrestling to India, uh, and then of course for all of our UK fans, you can watch Sanjay on Spike UK. Sanjay, where can they find you on uh, social media? You can uh, head over to at Sanjay Dutterson on Twitter and uh, hit me up. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Find me on there. And uh, pretty easily accessible. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sanjay. Again, congratulations. We will see you next Thursday on Impact on Pop TV. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Sanjay. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. <laughs>